Prepare for that heat wave because you can chill off at the card pool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. And today we're looking at part two of our hidden gems that we found from the weather light. Now you can find our previous video from last week where we're talking about numbers 10 through 6, but Kyle, we're at 5 through 1. Indeed we are, 5 through 1. So next week we're going to move on to the money cards, but for now, let's cover the last of these hidden gems, Stu. Alright, and I'll start it off because I began in the last video. And my number 5 we have a card called Downdraft. It is a three man enchantment that costs double generic and a green, and it reads, pay, uh, tap one green forest, target creature loses flying until the end of the turn, or sacrifice this enchantment, and it deals two damage to each creature with flying. Hmm, so this is a very unusual kind of green card. Hmm. Now we see this effect in green, usually as instance or sorceries to kind of deal damage to creatures with flying or to remove flying. Yeah. But not usually on an enchantment and a recurrable effect that isn't a tap effect. It is yeah. very powerful. Um, and it literally brings your opponent's creatures down to like your level, like literally and figuratively. It does. Yeah, this card actually almost made my list as well. Oh. Really, really interesting card. A very, green card even. Yeah, yeah. A very synergistic way for green to interact with flying creatures. Like you said, there are a lot of cards that do things like this already. But yeah, it's very interesting because on one hand, you are able to make any creature lose flying. So instead of being able to fly over the head of whatever big creatures you may have on the ground, you bring it down to your level and you can probably block it much more profitably. However, on the other hand, if they have, say, an army of small flying creatures like, fly like the spirit tokens that happen a lot of the time, sacrificing this will just wipe an entire field of those, no problem. So yeah. that's also an equally powerful effect to have, both on one card. Very, it's, very interesting. Yeah, normally you'd want this tag team with something else. And again, this isn't yeah. even when you're being attacked. It's any player's attacking. Right, anytime. So you can help like any opponent out. Like It's a political card. For three mana, it's a, a board wipe in, inherently to flyers. Could be, yeah. And again, if you leave a couple mana open, they're just like unincentivized to attack you just to begin with if they are all flyers. Like, And I mean, was it Asperia is one that's all about flying yeah. and tutoring for for flying so again it would hate this card and this is very easy to cast low cost and bring it out early they're not going to have answers and i mean just wreak havoc on blue it's I, that's why i love it yeah very cool card very useful at pretty much any stage of the game i like it a lot i would consider playing this in a green deck i'm so yeah. glad you're saying that because <laughs> i thought for sure like if it being green and flying you'd be like it's kind of nature like well, it is but green historically has a problem dealing with flying creatures and dealing with a lot of creatures green doesn't do board wipes so true but is a, this is I'm, an interesting i this think is, i'm corrupting you this, this is, is so good <laughs> this is the very definition of a hidden gem <sighs> Thanks. I like All it. right, well, what card you got, Kyle? Now I feel like I should agree with like whatever it is now. <laughs> well, coming up at number five, I have my first card of the day. It's an artifact called Bosium Strip, and it costs three mana to play. Also has an ability, three more mana, and a tap ability. Until the end of the turn, if at any time the top card of your graveyard is an instant or sorcery, you can play that card as though it were in your hand. If you do, it then gets exiled. So, a one-shot sort of effect for each instant or sorcery in your graveyard, but hey, a permanent version of Past in Flames, basically, that lasts for the entire turn? Wow, 
that's kind of awesome, even if it takes a little bit of setup for this to work properly. It does, and that's the thing. Well, actually, this is really funny because if you play against anyone who's new to Magic and you're going to start telling them, to, like, hey, you need to, like, leave the graveyard how it is stacked. You can't <laughs> yeah. touch it. Because I first time I was playing Magic, people were, like, very, like, retentive about mm. being, like, you can't rearrange these had to yeah, be the same Yeah, and you're like, order. well, why does it matter? Well, this is why it matters. This is one of the few examples. There's a couple of really old cards out there that it is significant at what enters yeah. the grave and what order, just how it's sitting there, not at the time when it enters. Right. But, yeah, this is very good for recursion, and again, depending on what color deck you're in, Delve is a, a mechanic that we see where you can exile cards in the graveyard, exactly. so you can go ahead and make it so the order changes. Yeah. You're getting recurrable value. Again, three mana isn't it the most steep cost that we see for this? It is a no, tap effect. definitely not. So it's it's not broken for the fact where it's like, just pay three, do this, and keep cycling stuff right. and using the stack to your advantage. So I like it. Timing is the biggest thing, and you're right. Exactly, and you have to be real careful about the order in which you play things because if you're having, if you're trying to live the dream of like self milling your entire deck and then using this to play all your instants and sorceries, not necessarily going to work because eventually you're going to end up hitting something in your graveyard on top that's not an instant or sorcery, and then you're going to be very sad. So yeah, I, this is something <laughs> gotta I, be careful. I'd almost want this in like a dredge deck more or less because they, the dredge has ways of recurring certain things mm -hmm. from the grave so like lands would be probably the hardest one to get out of the way right so being able to grab those would be awesome or like even uh the new sagarda where you uh exile a card in your grave for two mana right you can then get rid of a problem card that you wouldn't want there but again those decks want certain cards in the grave, and when it's on top, they're going to groan. This is going to be pretty awesome in Moldrotha, too, because this itself is a permanent that Moldrotha can, can get recur. back. The only thing Moldrotha can't get back is instants and sorceries. So you could just make sure, look through the, your, your graveyard. Of course, you can't take it out of order, but like, oh, is this going to be a problem for me casting like five instants or sorceries this turn? Yeah, I'll just play that, and I'll play that, and I'll play that, and then I'll use this. Good choice. I like that <laughs> one a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah it's it not bad. It doesn't need as much to set up, which yeah. Yeah. And it's so low cost. I just so. thought, yeah, and like this card, like I said, it's it's barely worth any money at all if you're trying to buy copies of this card. So, I mean, like I said, a permanent past in flames is definitely something to think about. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Powerful I, card. Very powerful and card. And I see you're on the three mana train as I am. So, uh, yes. yeah. So, my number four card also is going to cost three mana. It's called Debt of Loyalty. It has a cost of one generic and double white for an instant that reads regenerate target creature. Gain control of that creature. So, a quick thing to go for regenerate is more or less when you target a creature, it's more or less like a protective bubble over it. And if that bubble pops, that's when regenerate will activate. Hmm. And that's at least how I view it. And yeah, yeah. So, whenever a creature dies and it has to die, that's when the regeneration will recur. Will right. Occur. Whether it's going to be from damage or whether it's a destroy effect, this doesn't work on being sacrificed or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. So but, it has yeah. to be dead and dying or or sickly mm -hmm. even in that point. But the cool thing about this is that it's good for both aggressive and defensive plays. This works on your creature as well as your opponents. So if they have a commander out there that is quite so troublesome, go ahead and kill it. But before killing it, make sure you can steal it from them because this is effectively a great way for a mind control, except you don't have to worry about the enchantment aura on it. This is something in white, which you don't typically see being a mind control kind of no, thing. No, not at all. And it's, it's a great control card that's just 
I feel like underutilized. Yeah, and like again, I was gonna complain about this just being like a one-shot kind of effect, but the fact that it is so versatile like that makes me reconsider on this one. Thanks. You don't often see white having this kind of effect, like you said. Very, very interesting spin on the whole theft effect thing, and potentially a very political card as well. Yeah. Like you were saying, Stu, you can either save your own creature, which is going to die, at no cost to yourself, or you can, in the process of getting rid of someone else's creature, or really if anybody gets rid of someone else's creature, you can then save it, but take it for yourself. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. And guess what? This is a white instant that costs less than four mana. Sunforger time, because I oh. love any excuse to play Sunforger. That would be great with it, Sunforger. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, the only problem is it's in Boros, so... Yeah, um, well. but, <laughs> but the only problem that truly exists with this card is that there are some board wipes and destructions that prevent regeneration. Yes. And typically old white board wipes, such as Wrath of God, versus, uh, was it Day of Judgment? Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the ones that, like, is the greatest comparison for mana to destroy all creatures or destroy all mm. creatures that can't be regenerated. Right. So you have to choose your own board wipes a little bit more methodically in this case. But again, creatures die all the time. Board wipes are utilized on all sorts of fields. Minus one counters, like with something like Toxic Deluge or Hypatra right. or whatever. That doesn't work, but... It's, yeah, so it, it's, it, again, a little timey, but... The little niche that it has for that is like, it, it really uncircumstantial. Yeah, this card's kind of cool. I like it. Appreciate it. I'm, so that's two hits in a row for you. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm on fire today. Um, well, all right, going what do you on, got? Yeah, going on to my next card, I was going to say, number four for me, again, another card that is very powerful, and I'm shocked I don't see this more places. It's called Strands of Night, and this is yet another enchantment for me of the black variety this time. Costs two colorless and two black to play, so four total. And its ability is you can pay two black and two life, as well as sacrificing a swamp, a lot of preconditions, Jeez. put target creature card from your graveyard into play. Yeah, you heard me right. That's basically a zombify effect for two mana. And Whoa, you, so, so what that's you have not to so what you have to pay two life, and so what if you have to sacrifice a swamp? That it, and keep in mind, this is on a permanent that stays around, and you can do this whenever you want. That's awesome. It, all right, you are right for the recursion. Like I prefer a card like Phyrexian Reclamation, which can happen and it's low costed, which is also very good. But directly into play, that's the thing that makes crazy. this worthwhile. But again, you have to have swamps. Now, yes. if you have Urborg, say no more. Right. However, if you don't. And again, if you're in mono, you're usually going to use some specialty lands because yeah. you have the room to do it. Right. So you could start losing stuff that you don't want to lose for it. Now, again, this is a card I'd say more towards the late game. You'd want to use this. Yes. Uh, one of my favorites in this line is Whip of Erebos, a very, very good card. Yeah. I would say this costs more resources and more mana straight up to use than Whip of Erebos. However, this can be used multiple times in one turn, which is awesome. It also permanently returns the creatures and doesn't exile them, although they don't have haste, but still, it doesn't get rid of the creature at the end of the turn. It stays around, and if it goes back into the grave, guess what? You can just do this all over again and bring it back. In my opinion, in a mono-black deck, this is a must-have. A must-must-have. You are a fool if you do not run this. Fool, he says, everybody. <laughs> um... Actually, you know what? If he's calling you out on that case, I'm doing a poll. We're going to do one right here. Is is Kyle the fool or are you the fool? Oh, 
give me a Because you said it, so we're totally going to use that. <laughs> um, it, inherently, it's not just two mana. It, I'd view it as more as three mana in this case. Because yeah, but you can sacrifice one of the swamps you tapped for the, for you the can. black mana. That, that is the smart way to go ahead and do that. If you use the swamp that you're using... You're doing it right. Yeah. However, it's setting you back a turn in the future. So it is risk and reward. You're not having to pay for the full mana cost of the creature. So two mana to get any ridiculous card out on yeah, the like, field, like, like Razaketh or an Eldrazi <laughs> or anything else yeah. like that. This is super great. And actually, it'd probably be really good in a Rakdos uh, Riot deck mm, yeah. because it's using those giant creatures. So for like that cost, it's like very much like Peanuts yep. compared to it. Yeah, really. I like it. Um, Whip Erebos is a great comparison to it, except Whip can come out a little bit earlier, I feel, than this card. Yes, yeah, it can, because the, 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 the whole lifelink thing is, is pretty awesome. I'll admit it. Well, again, it's just it's a little less intense of a cost. Yes. But again, if you get a good, I don't know, Entomb or anything else like that out buried there. Alive. Buried Alive. Yeah. Like, Which, ha, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about that later. Anyway. <laughs> Ruining this whole thing for yeah. me. All right, well, I'm just joking. But anyway, uh, it, it can be huge. And again, onto the field, you don't see that happen too much. So taking note of those cards is very big. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use this card in the future because it is awesome, like I said. But I don't think it's for every mono black deck. It's just, again, anyone that is grave-focused. I mean, even Modrotha could possibly even use this. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, moving on to my number three, I'm going to a card hopefully I'll pronounce right this time. It is Argavian... Restoration. Argivian? Argivian, yeah. Argi I, I got my own head up for this one. I'm sorry. Um, it is a four-drop sorcery that costs double generic and double blue. And it reads, put target artifact card from your graveyard into play. So I'm kind of piggybacking onto your whole put it into the battlefield mm -hmm. thing on your last card, but onto this one. So we're on a different permanent type. So this is very artifact-focused, which blue typically is, where black's always focused on creatures. Yes. You get around mana cost, like we were saying before. It is a one-shot effect, but blue doesn't have the most out there for artifacts to bring back. There are stuff that exists, but again, taking notice of stuff that can put stuff into play, it's what blue wants to do with its artifacts. It's what yes. every deck wants to do. White, red, black, whatever. So it's just something that I really don't ever see this card. It's under a buck, and it's just, it'd be so good in like Memnarch or anything else out there. Yeah, they actually just reprinted this relatively recently in Kaladesh. There's a white version of it called Refurbish. That's basically the exact same thing, except it's a white card. Well, white would like that too. Yeah, which white is generally, like you said, a lot better at returning these things. Blue loves artifacts, but it can't generally can't return them from the graveyard super easily if they get destroyed. It has to have and combos. I know I've said already in these videos that I'm not all about these kind of one shot effects like this like Argive and Find. I wasn't a huge fan of that. That Argavian. put the thing You're back in your wrong, yeah. yeah, well, puts the <laughs> puts the thing back in your hand. This though, I'm a little less harsh on a card like this because it lets you are basically cheating it into play for 4 mana. So Assuming you're, you know, quote-unquote doing it right, you're going to bring something in that is a lot more than four mana. Yeah, and, and and if you aren't, the card itself, like, again, if you were to put it to it's your hand... It's still and, not bad. Well, no, it isn't, but if you were to put it to your hand and then play, it would probably be more than what the four Well, right, no, that, that, that's what I'm saying. It's still not a bad card in that respect. So, this is, this is all right. It's almost as good as creature reanimation. Sometimes it can be even better because there are some be. really awesome artifacts out there. And again, you usually just see creature regeneration. Not mm. much for artifacts, not much for enchantments. They do exist, 
but they're limited in their scopes. This is why I wanted to bring this one up. Definitely. Like I said, I have my reasons for not loving these kind of cards, but I'm going to be a little bit less harsh on this one and admit that it can be pretty good. You must have had a good day today, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, well, moving on to your number three, what are you throwing at us? Well, speaking of artifacts, I've got one that should go in almost every deck here. Number three on my list is Mindstone. Yeah. You probably know this if you've played any Commander games at all. So it costs two mana, double colorless, of course, and has two effects. One, you can tap it to give you one colorless mana, or you can tap one mana and it sacrifice Mindstone and draw a card. So this is pretty simple, and I don't have a ton to say about it. It's a, it's a good mana rock, two mana, that gives you one mana. Not bad, pretty solid right there. Although it is just colorless, which is a little bit of a drawback. However, the fact that it draws you a card too at some point when either either A, you really need to draw a card, or B, you really don't need this and you just would like a different card instead, that's pretty good. This is just value town card right here. I love it. Well, all right, three mana to two draw a card. Like if it's a top deck, not your ideal cost for that, especially if you're in blue, and this is usually in a blue deck more yeah, often. Yeah, but you're not. really paying one mana to draw a card. Well, but you gotta cast it. So like if you draw it and you're like, I this is not my answer, it's the same thing with like cycling with lands. It's like, all right, I need something else. I'm gonna pay the two and I'll lower down my chances of getting what I need. I'll I'll hopefully get it, right. but I might not have the cast cost to do it. So this is the same kind of thing. However, it's an early game scenario. Mm -hmm. It helps boost you. Late game, it also helps give you what you need to your hand. So it, it's very versatile in what it does. But again, three mana to draw a card doesn't exactly feel good. Well, and we've seen cards, there are some that are better than this just because they give you more mana and draw you more cards. Hedron Archive and Dreamstone Hedron are the big brothers of this card, and those are both really good well, and, uh, for the same reasons. Commander Sphere. Like, actually... Yeah, I would rather have Commander Sphere than this, honestly, because that's free to draw the card, and it gives you color. However, this card has a home in plenty of decks. It like does. My, One of my hard and fast rules is this card belongs in monocolor decks. And not really many other places, but monocolor decks, this is a must-have. Maybe. I mean, the thing is, I find most decks don't usually have a, a color on their a number on their curve they're missing. Like, they either have a lot of ones or a lot of threes, but the twos kind of falter, especially for support cards. Mm. So, like, it's usually something to help even out a curve if you go from, like, a Signet to an Ingot, for example, right. or, like anything else there's not a lot of one drops for me to name but yeah. uh it, it works it's a great card 100 percent a staple it doesn't have to be mono you could even put this in a three or four color deck if you, you could i wanted. wouldn't but you could depends mm -hmm. on what the commander is if it's all about drawing cards then that synergy is obvious for that but yeah it's a good boost oh yeah and it's very simple very good just solid card overall yeah. had to mention it's it been reprinted a good handful of oh, times yeah, for a lots. good reason yeah but my card has only been printed once. Uh, at my ah. number two is a card called Thran Forge. Now, mm. this card here is unusual, and I know I'm going to have to explain to you why it's good, Kyle, because, uh, I mean, it took me a while to figure out why it was good. <laughs> uh, right. It costs three mana. Uh, it's an artifact, like I said. It costs two generic. Until end of turn, target non-artifact creature gets plus one, plus O, and is an artifact creature. So... The boost isn't the part that's significant about this part. No, the, obviously not. The part is the artifact. And yes. the reason why I like this is, all right, sure, you could be using some sort of like controlling build with like Karn or something like that, or mm -hmm. even Memnarch, like I said, where you're going to be taking stuff that are artifacts. But you now make it so that certain cards are more weak 
to certain spot removals than they were before. Making something an artifact is both a blessing and a curse at the same time because if something like i don't know an aura charges out they now yeah. can destroy your creature and i could help assist by just paying two mana it, it makes it so it's got a political play it makes it so you can remove anything that's troublesome and it just changes up the dynamic of the game it's just so different yeah i don't i don't have trouble seeing why this is good at all Stu. actually I, I like cards like Liquid Metal Coating that have, they're they're very niche in use, as you said before, but they have the, the, the potential to be very, very good where you can use them. This is exactly like one of those cards, except you can use it multiple times in one turn, which yep. is kind of good, kind of bad. I mean, you have to spend mana to do it, but still, I think this is just as valid an inclusion as cards like liquid metal coating in the decks that you would use them and you, pre you pretty much named them yeah well so, the good, only thing that's choice. bad about this is like something like a sacred armory which is uh two for two like right here mm -hmm. um except for this one's a three for two um you can keep boosting the creature once this one becomes an artifact you can no longer give it a boost right so that's the only downside this is pretty much a one-shot effect per creature you wouldn't be using this on the same one over and over again mm -hmm. unless it's constantly becoming a non-artifact but yeah, i'm not sure how that would that, it'd be yeah. <laughs> good luck figuring out that scenario you're probably going to need to judge but yeah. uh but yeah i it's just something i literally i was like this i've never seen this anywhere else in magic i mean like sure liquid metal coating but yes just like this it's beyond me i don't know yeah it's pretty cool i'll give you that i but, like this one thanks <laughs> So, uh, moving to your card, Kyle. All right, yeah, it's things, something that hates on all these auras and enchantments and, 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 and artifacts we've been talking about. This one is Aura of Silence at my number two. It costs one colorless, double white, and as I said, it's an enchantment. Artifacts and enchantments that your opponents cast cost an additional two colorless. And also, you can sacrifice Aura of Silence to destroy target artifact or enchantment. This is pretty simply a white commander staple. Yes. This is a must-have. It is, one, a removal spell for any artifact or enchantment you don't like for three mana, which was good on its own. Yeah. But also, if it sticks around, it does even more work by slowing down everybody else and not even you. That is, for three mana, an insane value on this card. Like, really? I would even Great. say this is a true top 10 staple just in mono white. Mm -hmm. Like, if oh, you were usually. to do a list yes. of that, I, it'd be very hard to, to not give this card a case for it. Yeah. But um, legit, I mean, even if this card had it so you had the tax on it, it would still potentially would still be, be viable. Good. Yeah, yeah it, it's just a global hate bear. But you're, it's not a global hate bear. This, right. this honestly <laughs> should be a mythic. Because it has its own self-purpose of sacrificing, which we're seeing a lot of in this set. Which yeah. is great. It's the same reason people love Soccer Tribe Elder. Weigh something on it, and then I'll get additional value. It's yep. not even a one for one. It's a zero for one, and you're getting the plus. Exactly. And it's so easy to recur enchantments like this. With cards like Starfield of Nyx, Sun Titan Sun being Titan's the obvious the best one here. Example for that. Exactly. So the great thing about these removal spells on a stick is you can keep sacrificing them and then bringing them back and using them again. There's so many ways. They're very easy to do that. Yeah, and you've probably seen this card. If you haven't, then 
definitely good on you. Take note of this one. It's a great mm. card. There's not too much more I really have to say about yeah, this. Yeah, well, just like something like Aura Shards, for example, it being in play makes people think twice about what they play and when. They have to be very careful playing around it because you can use this at any time without any preconditions whatsoever. So that nice shiny artifact they just spent like a gazillion mana to put into play and you tax them for it, oh. odds are it's just going to go away. Nothing, so you better be careful. If you want to really, really hurt someone deep, watch someone play a soul ring for three mana. It's yeah. the whole <laughs> table just feels so bad oh, for that yeah. player. They just are like, you should just wash your hands after your turn. That just feels <laughs> disgusting. Yep. But uh, that's probably one of the best points. You'll never get any greater gratification of just a card coming down on its own without any combo that early game. And, and this card works so well in the late game, obviously. Like oh, maybe yeah. the tax won't be as like big of an impact. But it's still a removal spell, good at any point in the game, just like the best of these cards always are. Indeed. So moving on to the creme de la creme, my number one is a card that I truly enjoyed. It is called Heatstroke. It is an enchantment as well that costs three mana, two generic and a red, and it reads, at the end of each combat, destroy all creatures that blocked or were blocked this turn. So this is a unusual, hmm. controly board wipe-ish kind of card in red. And this just only proves more point to having a red Enchantress or Boros Enchantress deck combination out there. But this is great for decks that go wide, meaning that they use a lot of tokens. Goblins will yeah. love this because they populate the field like crazy. And they're 1-1s, maybe Anthem to a 2-2. And they usually get outclassed later in the game if they can't be able to swing in and do stupid right, damage fast. Exactly. But now they have almost a pseudo death touch and in red that's just unheard of yeah well and like if you're attacking with a bunch of one ones into your opponent's field of very big monsters so what are you going to do here not block. Are, you, are you going to are they going to block if they are they're going to lose pretty much all of their creatures and sure you'll lose yours too but trading out a 1-1 one, one for like an 8-8 eight, eight seems like a pretty good deal to me. We're going to 3-3. Like, I mean, they're spending so much more mana than you. Like, Cranko, he doesn't even spend mana to go ahead and create tokens. That's just self-propelled generation right, right. there. And, and typically, the way how Red is doing it, it is self-propelled. You're not spending much mana to go ahead and get something. You play something, two tokens come out with it. So you inherently are going to be able to make it so that, hey... No one's looking at you. They're like, leave me alone. I'm not attacking at you. The only thing they might have to worry about is evasive attackers. This is very interesting, and I feel like this would be a really good inclusion in my Grenzo Havoc Razor deck. Definitely. Yeah. It's very interesting, and I like this a lot because unlike many red cards, which are solely focused on like aggressive play styles, this could be aggro or defensive play it's not something that red does very often cater to both sides of the equation but this really does because you could either play offense with this or you could play defense and just discourage people from attacking you yeah so Plus, if you're ahead or behind it, it helps yeah and if you combine it with some of the red cards that force attacks oh this gets really interesting <laughs> it's so good for that and again it's not even damage based like the quantity it's just damage has to be dealt and right. solely by combat and again it's so easy. Red cares so much about this. And it's a three drop. A flippin' three drop, Kyle. Yeah. Like, this is incredible right there. It's really interesting. I, I Yeah, I certainly didn't really know this card existed before this set. And, and yeah, 
it's it's pretty cool. I, I got to consider this in the future for pretty much any red deck I make. I hope sure. so, and definitely you guys out there too. <laughs> but Kyle, what do you have? Is it anything as uh, flashy as this? Well, not flashy, but it gets the job done. And I may have mentioned it before. Whoops. Anyway, my number one for Weatherlight is buried alive in terms of the hidden gems. Now, again, this is probably something you've seen if you played any magic whatsoever. It costs three mana, two colorless and a black, and it's a sorcery. Search your deck for up to three creatures and put them into your graveyard, and then, of course, shuffle your deck afterwards. So, like I said, very, very simple and straightforward, but if you've played Magic for any length of time, you know that putting any creatures you want from your deck straight into your graveyard is a pretty amazing ability to it's have. It's like an additional tutor, because pretty much if you're putting it into the grave, it's to utilize it to its fullest potential, or to yes. bring it to an even further potential potential by not having to cast it. Yeah, and pretty much everyone knows the Entomb card, which is this, but a one-mana version. You put one card from your deck into the graveyard. This is basically triple Entomb for three mana, which is right on par with what you pretty much expect, and it gives you three times the value. So, three hey, for three deal. It's like, just, yeah, I, I'm not sure. We could have the debate about which one of those is actually better, but... I, there's, you really can't go wrong with this card if you're playing any kind of graveyard-based strategy. Well, and Tomb's an instant, right? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. So it's instant versus sorcery mm. scalability. So, I mean, it, obviously if you're using one, you're using the other. The question is, is truly, how often do you need one card, or would you like to have more options? Yeah, personally, so. I would rather have three than one, even if I have to pay a little bit more for it. And this is, as I was saying, great in decks like Alesha, or Sidisi, or even like the Scarab God, or something like that. Any Just any deck that requires a creature setup in the Lord graveyard. of the Vaults. Exactly. Yeah, and this could this could bring up a lot of combos really, really fast. So it's very dangerous card for I sure. Guess, I guess for your thing, it'd be like Charlie Chaplin versus the Three Stooges. Which one's better, right there? <laughs> I guess so. For like one v three. Yeah. This is yeah. I really don't have much more to add about this. There's Obviously, I think my number one hidden gem of the set, just because of the widespread use of it and the pure value alone. It's it's not a hidden gem, but not for, quite a secret, but still not a secret. But again, for the this being the only set we're going to be able to talk about it, I yeah we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> really really good. But that is going to conclude our hidden gems as of right now. Uh, so if you want to see the other ones that we chose that didn't make it as high up on our list but are still notable, check out our part one of Weatherlight Hidden Gems. And next week, they're sure to find our money cards. Yes, indeed. And of course, you can check us out on our social media links as well. Reddit, Tapped Out, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. We have the handle, the card pool, so look us up through that. And as, of course, you can always email us at mtgthecardpool at gmail.com. And as also, all the links to those are all down to our social media in the description below. Yes. So be sure to check those out. Give us a like, subscribe, comment if you think we're totally wrong with these cards. Love to hear it, especially <laughs> if, if we're about totally, Kyle's. Or if we're totally right. Or if we're right. Way. All my cards, I know we're totally right. But uh, until <laughs> right. then, uh, I will be Stu. I'm Kyle. And we'll see you next time at, at the, the Card, card Pool. Pool.